All right, gentlemen, the red carpet uh, premiere of Spider-Man No Way Home was last night. Well, technically, it's not for another five days. Right. But this episode isn't coming out until the 14th. So the premiere's already happened. Wait, is this some sort of time loop? I don't know. Maybe it's the multiverse breaking apart or right before our eyes or something like that. To me. I'm just waiting for Andrew Garfield to show up. Yeah, he's still saying he's not in No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> of no. he is. Yeah, we'll get ready. Uh, get you ready for the latest Spider-Man and, and uh, more coming up next. This is Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg and the Millennium Falcon? Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do or do not. There is no try. Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. So we should probably kind of let everybody know why we recorded this five days earlier. Yeah. Than, uh, it's because coming. we were invited to the said red carpet premiere. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You no, we no. were not no, invited we were not. Uh, to the red carpet <laughs> premiere. But we are going to California. Yes. Um, I've got a meeting uh, out there. We've got some some podcast meetings out there as well. And you guys are coming with me. We're going to make it a guy's weekend. And yeah. uh, we're going to probably try to like crash the outside <laughs> of the red carpet premiere because you're in California during uh, the biggest moment in movie history this Pretty year. Pretty much, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll do some other stuff that I've got planned that you guys don't even know about. But anyway, all right. Thank you. Uh, welcome to Tatooine Sons. It's a pop culture podcast. That's what it this is? is, right? Oh, is that what it is? It is. It's, I thought it was a cooking podcast. It, it's not. Is that a it, thing? But it is the only <laughs> fa- uh, fan podcast to name a canon Star Wars creature and be endorsed by Ryan Johnson. We believe that pop culture is the mythology of our generation, that there is a story. It is written on our souls and that these myths speak uh, to that story. And that is why uh, we're talking about that big reveal from the fourth episode of Hawkeye. Uh, we're giving our biggest predictions sure to go wrong for Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're going to also be looking at a Legends character that's made a surprise appearance in Star Wars canon. Uh, I'm David. I'm the dad. Hi, dad. Hello, gentlemen. I am honored to be joined every week by my two uh, spectacular sons, uh, Sam. Yeah, that's good. Spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. good. It's good. Sure. Sam, uh, what do you got talking about? Yeah, um, you need to watch Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, 1, 2, and 1, and 2 to understand Spider-Man 3. Yes. This is more confusing than any of the Batman uh, movies. All right. Um, BB Nate, what about you? What are you talking well, about? We'll be talking about how this episode of Hawkeye convinced me that this show is the most connected to the rest of the MCU other than the, you know, than the other shows of the MCU. Oh, okay. So, That's cool. Yeah. You awesome. Dad? Yeah. Uh, there's a Legends character being reintroduced in canon. I mentioned it at the top of the show. I think its uh, impact on future stories could be as significant as the reintroduction of Thrawn. Whoa. No, um, uh, this, uh, before we get into the show, this episode is sponsored by Cufflinks.com. They have over 3,000 items on their website uh, from Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, if you like that kind of thing, Um, NFL, NCAA, Major League Baseball, NBA, and everything 
else that you can think of. And we are so honored to be sponsored by this amazing company. Um, and if this is your first time listening to the show, thank you so much uh, for listening. We would encourage you to uh, press down that subscribe or follow button on the app that you're listening to us on. If you're a return listener and you still haven't subscribed, please subscribe it just make it a lot easier so. <laughs> uh, you're coming back so you know subscribing to make it easier for you uh this uh friday um we have a really cool interview with dion wilson uh, dion is the creator of titanium comics and rastar technologies and multiverse uh, so it's appropriate that this week yeah. we're talking about him mm. everyone's going to be talking about the multiverse that's good branding for him um <laughs> d and i are going to be talking dion and i are going to be talking about independent comic book publishing and how web 3.0 is leveling the playing field that sounded that complicated is. didn't it uh, <laughs> but enough about what we're talking about friday what are we talking about today bb Nate? yes it seems like every episode of hawkeye keeps getting better and better this week we had a holiday party more larpers and a surprise guest appearance so let's get to it have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight yeah i can fly I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. The people in this room, which one is A, wearing a spangly outfit, and B, not a fuse? There's only one God, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. That man has no limits. show feels the most connected to the rest of the MCU. Explain what it you mean. It mentions real quick. a lot of the MCU stuff, of course, you know, we already get into spoilers. We have Yelena in this, which is from Black Widow a few months ago. With the rest of the shows, it kind of just felt like their own little story. I mean, even Falcon and a Soldier didn't mention much of the rest of the MCU, except for... Um, Don I, I don't character. know if I necessarily agree with you. Well, you can there be were wrong, some tie-ins. Okay. There's some tie-ins on it, but anyway, okay, that's yeah. cool. You're not the only person. Pete Fletcher from around the galaxy tweeted the backs basically the same thing. To yeah. Me, so anyway, yeah. All righty. So the rating of this episode, partners, am I right? On one to ten, strange Rolexes. Hmm. I'd okay, give it is a, this strange as in Doctor Strange no, no, Rolex, no, just, or is just, just strange as in like weird yeah, or unusual? Like, okay. okay, unusual. I'd give it um eight. Okay. Um, it was fun. It had a lot of good elements to it. Um, obviously, Yelena was a lot of fun, but um, otherwise, not too much happened. Um, other than like Yelena showing up, so that. Uh, but it, it was, was good. It was about. I'll give it an eight, um, but I'll give it an eight because I like character development, and there was about. 90% of this episode was just character development yeah. for the relationship between Clint and Kate mm-hmm. um, and sort of laying down that story a little bit more. And then all of a sudden in the end, it just turned into this crazy cameo that we kind of knew was yeah. coming, but I don't know if and, we were really prepared for the it. The YouTube so. of Marvel has already thrown her on a thumbnail on today. And I'm like, okay. Did you hear that she <laughs> tweeted or she Instagrammed about it yesterday about how excited she was? And Instagram has 
has shut her account down because she spoiled it. Oh, <laughs> that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So. All right. So let's get into it with Clinton and his relationship with Kate. Now, Clinton, this episode has a big choice to make to work with Kate or to not work with Kate. He obviously works well with her, but he needs to keep her safe. Then Kate, you know, has a whole holiday party with him to make up for the movie marathon. Aww. He was missing with his kids and everything. Sweet. It was really sweet. It, it, was, really it, was, a, it was a great character development moment. But and when they go to break and enter into an apartment for the watch she goes rogue and enters we find out maya's apartment and a fight breaks out and kate almost dies do y'all think that clint should abandon kate after the events of this episode if so do y'all think that kate clint can save solve this case without her i i think he can solve this case without her but um i don't think he should abandon her just like his his whole mindset up until this point has been he's still with this because he wants her to be safe if he leaves she's in danger mm-hmm. um and so he can't he can't abandon her yet because then it would put her in danger especially now that there's a, a black widow in on this and all of that so i don't think he should abandon kate though i i can understand why he would it's still for her protection now that there's a black widow mm-hmm. on their tail but i think doing that only makes things worse in the end. So no, I don't think he should abandon her. I don't think he should abandon her. And I don't think he could solve the case without her. And there's like sort of an in universe, uh, reason behind it. And then an out of universe reason behind it. The invert universe reason is because, um, he needs to, the, the relationship between Clint and Kate is designed in the story to help tell, uh, to help him heal mm-hmm. from the death of Natasha. And that was what this whole episode was about. You start to really feel the weight of the, of Natasha's death and him feeling like it's his responsibility. Um, there's all this talk about the shot he didn't take. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, uh, uh, what's the mom's name? I can't even remember her name. Oh, it's, I don't remember her name. Either. Anyway, yeah. Kate's mom, <laughs> you know, is, is asking questions at this weird meeting at their house and basically says, stay away from my daughter. I don't mm-hmm. want the same thing to happen to her that happened to Natasha. And he's feeling the weight of this throughout the entire episode. And so that's why he wants to get rid of Kate. He wants to protect Kate. He doesn't want to feel that pain again. Mm-hmm. This relationship is going to help um, in the end. It's going to help him process mm-hmm. the death of Natasha. That's the in-universe explanation. The out-of-universe explanation is you got to set up the story so that Kate can become Hawkeye going forward. Right. Because Kate's going to become Hawkeye and Yelena's going to become the new Black Widow. They're going to become close, very tight friends by the end of the series. And that's the way the story is going to move forward. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And let's move on now. What are we watching now? We learn a little bit more about this mysterious watch in this episode. We learned that it has data on it that could link to someone in Clint's past that's been out of the game for a long time, but we aren't sure who that is. Do y'all have any theories on who that might be? I got no yeah. clue. I, they, there was that 10 years ago uh, type thing. So that gets me nowhere. Um, the only person that we know, there's only two people we know he has a relationship with mm-hmm. 10 years ago because that's pre Avengers. Yeah. The movie. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, that's, the that's, attack that's, on New York was 2012. Right. The, oh, no, this is after that. <laughs> yeah. after. It is after. So it, it could be. It, after. There's, there's a lot of theories that it's Laura. Hmm. It's his wife that she was a spy 
Um, what? Because she does know Russian and she knows a lot of things. Oh, that's true. And she has been doing a lot of that stuff. And yeah. so we're wondering if she decided to abandon that career and if there's stuff on that watch. And that's why she is so concerned about it, too. And why she's so understanding of Clint having to constantly exactly. put the family in second place. That's got my vote. Wow. That makes sense. I really think that that would no be. No wonder he's so desperate to, for, to, to get this watch back. Exactly. Now the stakes are like. I know. He's, he's very calm about it, though. <laughs> it makes perfect sense when it fl- fits Clint's yeah. character, though, because Clint will do anything for his family. That's why Ronan came from. Right. Because he was so angry about the death of his, uh, the disappearance of his family. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, that'd be really cool. Now, let's, you know, of course, talk about Yelena and her return. Now, we see in someone in a really cool costume, Clint should probably take some notes, <laughs> fighting Clint and Kate on a rooftop. We later find out it's Yelena on her mission to kill Hawkeye for revenge of her sister's death. Now, we are four episodes in already, and they just introduced Yelena. How do y'all think they're going to wrap up her story, or at least enough for this show, in two episodes? I have no idea. They gotta sit down and have some sort of conversation, because this is just one big misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, they just need to sit down and, and have a chat but as for how they're going to wrap it up I don't know um, because she left in a weird way like she didn't really have to leave no then. like she could have kept fighting but she decided to leave um, she's definitely coming back though um, but I don't know how they're going to to handle this I guess Maybe Clint, you know, goes after her or something because he, he's got to get on the offensive to get things rolling. I don't know. It, it is a, li- a little weird the way they introduced her and then have her just leave. So yeah. I'm not sure how they're going to handle it. Yeah. But I mean, she's obviously not a bad guy because she, you know, attached a grappling hook to Kate when she th- threw Kate off of the roof. So she doesn't want to kill unless it's Hawkeye. So I think she sees Kate as um, a, a secondary you know, situation uh, Mm -hmm. in this. She's after Clint, but the, but she, and she doesn't want Kate to get caught up in it because she sees Kate as her sister in this story. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't want to sacrifice Kate. She just wants a Clint. We still don't understand what is it? The Baron Contessa Baroness. It's Valentina. Valentina. Just do Valentina. Val. The Contessa. Yeah. Whatever. Val. Isn't that what they call her? Yes. Val. Okay. Val, right? We don't know what Val has told Yelena mm-hmm. at after that in the post credit scene of Black Widow. After that moment, that is why Yelena is hunting Clint um, at this point. So I'm curious to see how they're they're going to have to resolve that in this series. They are. You know, you've got two more episodes. A lot can happen. In a lot episodes. can happen. Yeah, but the, that's an a lot. Hours. They still have to wrap up. And these these shows have been between forty and forty five minutes each. Fifty two is, I think, the first one. So. Yeah. So you know, they're longer than some of the other episodes of some of the other shows. So you've basically got a feature film left mm, in yeah. the, in time going forward. A lot can happen. That's a lot true. Could happen. With that, yeah. So. Of course. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, you know, while we're talking about Elena and, and everything else, let's have a dad moment here. I. I'm your father. A uh, controversy from Avengers Endgame was that they had a major sequence mourning the loss of Tony Stark, but hardly even dealt with the sacrifice of Natasha Romanoff. Mm. Uh, but in Hawkeye, we're seeing this cloud, like I mentioned earlier, that hangs over Clint as he tries to move on with his life. So much reminds him of Natasha, and he's really struggling with this. Um, grief isn't something that ends 
when the body is laid in the grave and people go home from the funeral. Um, for those that are, are the closest, it continues uh, to, to be a part of their everyday existence. It can sneak up on you at any moment. I remember this happening to me just a few months after my own father died uh, in 2005. He was a huge Kansas Jayhawks basketball fan, and I was listening to sports radio discussing, uh, they were discussing one, an important game that the Jayhawks were having that evening, and I literally, just as a reflex, dialed my dad's cell phone without even thinking of it. And when he didn't pick up, this realization flooded over me and I had to pull the car over because I I really couldn't even think straight. Grief takes time. And I love Hmm. that Hawkeye is helping us experience that in this story. Yeah, it's definitely the most human of the MCU stuff we've seen so far. I think it's safe to say that this show is becoming my favorite of the MCU shows. I don't know about y'all, but the next episode comes out tomorrow so be on the lookout for that and as always look out for a post-credit scene maybe <laughs> all right it's time for some bad news we've got a taika waititi might not be making a star wars what? ned might be more than just the guy in the chair and patty jenkins isn't making her movie with gal gadot it's time to look at the latest clickbait headlines again that's next on bad news this is not going to go the way you think all right, can you? Uh, so we got our cufflink stuff in. We did, yeah, because you know, like we, we we crashed the party last night. We didn't actually get in, probably. I we were definitely, definitely not. not. <laughs> but we're not getting in. But anyway, uh, we're gonna go crash the party, and we're gonna go do it dressed in style because why not? Right. Um, so, what did you guys think of the Spider-Man stuff that they sent us from cufflinks.com? There's some really really cool stuff. Um, we got three sets of cufflinks, and uh, I think one's definitely my standout favorite. It's like these these gold Spider-Man uh, mask cufflinks that look really cool. Nate, what was your your favorite piece? I think oh, we it's, all know. It's, it's the Amazing Spider-Man logo tie. Yeah. Always, I'm going to be wearing that so much. <laughs> I love that. Were logo. you pretty pumped about? that? I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon cool. as I saw that tie, I you pulled like, it out mm-hmm. of the box. I'm like, yeah, that's Nate. That's, yep. <laughs> yeah, and so we, and then we got like the the spider symbol cufflinks. And oh yeah. That you mentioned the gold cufflinks, which are mm-hmm. fantastic, and another one. Colored ones, the mm-hmm. colored version of that, mm-hmm. um, as some well socks as socks as well and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. it's so cool. Obviously, they have so much more than just Spider Man, uh, No Way Home. Uh, you yeah, know, stuff. They like have that. over three thousand items on the website, like we mentioned. Not not just cufflinks, but you know ties and tie bars and socks and money clips. I don't know who uses money clips anymore, <laughs> and other fantastic gifts. Yeah, from all kinds of different yeah. brands and properties, and not just Spider Man, DC and. Like I even said earlier, Star Trek. If you really want, if you really that, want Star Trek, yeah. even though Star Wars is much, 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 oh, much, obviously, much better. But- uh, like they say on a musical about Star Wars. <laughs> but uh, it's time to start that Christmas shopping. So if you got. You got a Spidey fan? It's not time to start. It's time to finish. <laughs> yeah. So your Christmas shop. Uh, that's a good point. Um, so if you got a Spidey fan, go look on their website and use the code Tatooine15 at the checkout to receive 15% off everything on the site with no minimum order required. Yeah. Head on over to cufflinks.com today. And remember, use that code Tatooine15 at checkout. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? All right, headline one, Taika Waititi's Star Wars project reportedly in danger. Is this like Ryan Johnson's? He said he was going to, you know, mess up, screw up Star Wars. Well, here's what it is. This is a a classic uh, clickbait technique um, that these websites use. They source each other 
uh, for their crazy articles. This is what is happening with this headline from Epic Stream. They're sourcing a highly speculative article from Giant Freaking Robot claiming that Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie has been shelved in the same way that rumors have reportedly um, said that Patty Jenkins' Rose Squadron has been indefinitely more on this in a moment, um, been shelved as we'll see the, uh, rumor with the rumors about rogue squadron. Um, they've been proven false. It's almost certain that these rumors will be, um, about white, 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 film. Uh, they'll be, uh, proven wrong as well. So clickbait level eight. Yeah. This next one, uh, Jacob Batalon has a huge reveal in Spider-Man. No way home. This one is from giant freaking robot. They're all over this. Uh, they're tapping into Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home Hysteria with an article pulling from their trusted and proven sources <laughs> that says that the guy in the chair has a family history of magical powers that will come to light in the epic film releasing later this month. Since few have seen uh, uh, this film uh, and most who have seen anything from it have seen about 40 minutes in total, it's hard to believe that detailed backstory points would be available for their trusted sources at this point. So that's getting to clickbait level seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins is being replaced as director for Gal Gadot's upcoming movie. What? I know. It's crazy. DC fans scrolling through social media this week were treated to this crazy headline also from Giant Man, basically robot. a triple crown. I know, right. it's it's close, but this one doesn't need any trusted and proven sources. It's technically true, but it has nothing to do with what most readers would assume. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are still working together on Wonder Woman 3, but Patty has relinquished her directorial de- duties on a Cleopatra biopic, which that sounds interesting, also starring Gal Gadot, in order to refocus her time on a Star Wars film, Rogue Squadron. Of course, there isn't any mention of the articles, the site released stating that Rogue Squadron has been shelved because of creative differences between the director and Lucasfilm. This is a clickbait level of 10. Uh, yeah, a big clickbait level 10. <laughs> All right. Did Let's, it get you to click that? Uh, no, yeah, well, it got me. To, I was like, oh, I saw that headline. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. That, I found a headline for clickbait there for, for a bad news segment. There we yeah. go. All right. Sam, what's yeah. up? Yeah. With uh, no, Way's, no Way Home's release just around the corner, uh, we're going to discuss everything you need to know from the previous fil- films to be all caught up. And in good faith, we're going to include the Spider-Man films outside the MCU. Fingers crossed. Be on your guard. There are older and fouler things than orcs in the deep places of the world. All right, then. Keep your secrets. You're coming to us. He says footsteps and steps and steps. There are many magic rings in this world, Bilbo Baggins, and none of them should be used lightly. The Tobey Maguire's version of J. Jonah Jameson is aware of Doctor Strange, right? He is, yeah. Remember when they're talking, they're trying to figure out names for Doc Ock, and um, whoever the other employee is, is like, Doctor Strange, and J. Like J. Jonah Jameson was like, no, that one's already taken. Oh, wow, I forgot so, about that. <laughs> it's already kind of like, it's already all connected. All right. Oh, yeah. um, it's totally. already happening. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go through. It's and- been the Grandmaster plan since 2003 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam Ramey was like, put it in there, I know it's happening. Um, all right, so we're going to go through, and we're going to discuss kind of a little... 
um, aspects about each of the specific characters that could be showing up. One that we know is definitely in there because it's his movie. Um, we're going to talk about all their the little uh, important Spider Man's in this. Yeah, oh, okay. believe cool. it or not. Um, so as you know, at the end of Far From Home. Peter's identity was revealed by Mysterio, and everybody thinks that he killed Mysterio at this point, um, which is the big, you know, catalyst for this new movie showing up. Um, so we know that Peter is going to court for the murder of Mysterio at this point, and now his identity is all shot. Someone put up uh, an interesting point, though. If you remember from Homecoming. Mm-hmm. His suit has the baby monitor protocol that records everything he's seeing. Do you think that could come to play in this next film to help him in court? Definitely. I feel like that there was a reason that, I mean, I'm sure in many cases, Tony could have been framed, but he has, you know, Tony? contingencies. Yes. Yeah, because he he put put stuff in, in Peter's suit because of things Tony had been through. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so. True. I really think that there is, that's a good, it's a good cop out. Because him going to trial is not the purpose of this movie in not any way, all. shape or form. That has to get dealt with pretty quick. It's about him being exposed and then what he'll do, what lengths he'll go to in order to regain his anonymity um, with that. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. That's what ends up breaking mm-hmm. the multiverse. At least that's what it looks right. like from the trailer. So I, I think that, yeah, that's a fine I'm, I, I have one thing to poke a hole into that, though. That was with his old suit. He created this new suit on the way to London. So it may not have that functionality, actually, at this point. He may not have implemented we'll it. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then it's it seems like Tom Spider-Man needs, needs some sort of father figure. Uh, first, it was Tony in you know Homecoming and Endgame and all that. And now he's gone. And then it looked like for a minute there in Far From Home that it could be Mysterio. Obviously, that did not work out. So if you guys had to take a guess, who would you predict to be that sort of father figure going forward in this character's Either Happy or or Doctor Strange. I feel like Doctor Strange, it, it would be a little bit more of the superhero side, but with Happy potentially dating may i feel like that might become more of the the father figure part of it i think that they may both be you know kind of going down that path with him he's he's trying to choose between which one and you know there's been a lot of speculation that strange may be a little bit strange uh in this there may be some some off stuff with him yeah could be uh dark side a little bit uh in this storyline and so if that's the case then he's being pulled between uh steven and and happy and maybe doesn't know where he wants to go with it i just am worried based on a couple of clips from some of the spots that something very bad could happen to happy. Uh, yeah. In this. And that makes me very worried. They better. I, they can't do that. They can't they do cannot, that to us. They can't do that to us. I mean, we didn't see it, but obviously Peter, or, uh, his parents died. Mm-hmm. Ben died. Now Tony uh, Beckett not only died, but, or is it Beckett? No, not Beckett. Whoever. Quentin Beck. Quentin Beck. Okay. Beck not only died, but actually just turned out to be a totally bad guy in the first place. They can't kill Happy, too. I don't also, know. for Iron Man fans, they can't kill Happy. That's just wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Except they kill Iron Man every time they bring him out now. So. That's true. Yeah. One time. <laughs> what Except if? One time. 
Yeah, and that's, at that point, they just humiliate him. Um, now, we can't forget that Vulture is still out there somewhere. Um, you see at the end of Homecoming, he's in prison. So, he's not gone, but he already knew Spidey's identity before everything was revealed. Do you think that could come back to bite him later on? Because, you know, there's that scorpion guy or whatever who seemed a little bit suspicious of him at the end of Homecoming. No, I don't think it'll come into play later. I mean, it might come into play with Liz. Um, I, my theory since Homecoming is that Liz becomes Black Cat, and so this might be a way to, you know, push Wait, that along. what? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard this. Really? Theory. I told Sammy about it the other I, night. I think it's got merit. It has great merit. I mean, that that it, it completely makes sense. Black Cat is it was in a romantic relationship with Peter before MJ and is always trying to get at him and is kind of like the Catwoman of Marvel. It would make sense. They All introduced right. it would work. And now that she knows his identity, that would play into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And she has, you know, her dad was put in jail by Spider-Man. So she has a vendetta against Peter as well. So it's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dad's a little shocked by that. Um, and we know that um, Donald Glover's character, Aaron Davis, is in the MCU at this point, which if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse or are familiar with the characters, you know that he plays Prowler and is also the uncle to Miles Morales. And even mentioned his nephew right. in this. So that could definitely be... Yeah, I don't deal. think he's going to be in this at all. I don't no. think Miles much. is going to be in this yet i mean it yeah. might yeah i don't think that's quite yet now i doubt we'll see something like this in this movie but there was an interesting theory put out there about flash he's been if you watch far His from blonde home hair <laughs> no um if you watch Far From Home, you notice that Flash is having family troubles. He can't get in touch with either of his parents, and when he get, hmm. gets back from the airport, neither one of his parents pick him up. It's some servant or whatever. So there's people think that this could somehow cause him to become Venom, right? He's a little bit upset. We know he becomes Venom in the comics and stuff as well. But there's also... Flash does? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, there's also, it's a bit out there, and I don't know how they pull it off, but some people think that Flash's mom could have been working for Carlton Drake, which is um, Riot in Venom. Um, if you, do you remember that, that mm-hmm. character? So they could be thinking that somehow that's how he gets exposed to the symbiote and could become the MCU version of Venom later on. Yeah, I don't really think that he has any vendettas against Peter, though, because in the trailer, we keep seeing him walking next to him during when the mob is, you know, all freaking out against Peter. That's so true. I think that he would probably... Because he is a be, Spider-Man super fan. He is. Yeah. And so I think he'd appreciate Peter a lot more at that point. So Fair enough. I think that there's no problem. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think that we're going to see any Venom no. stuff with Flash. There's another Venom that's coming in this mm-hmm. one. So Yeah, and... Um, we know from, uh, I think it's Hawkeye that it was revealed in, that someone has bought Avengers Tower mm-hmm. at this point. And Tom Holland says he knows who it is. Yeah. Yes, but he's, but he was, he's actually he was being good, good enough to not spoil it. Right. Just a surprise. Um, so, some names that have been thrown out there as to who it could be. Some people think it could be Norman Osborn in this universe. Which wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't seen that character yet. Um, Reed Richards, because we know that they have that character now. Uh, MCU can use that. Or kingpin um if you guys had to take a guess which one do you think is the most likely hmm i would probably norman i feel like that would be the the best explanation 
right now, but it, it also has a very warranted chance of being Reed Richards with the Fantastic Four movie coming up soon and with the ties of Spider-Man to the Fantastic Four being very close throughout the comics. That's true. That is very... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's Kingpin, though. I don't see why I, I think it is Kingpin. I think that's why they're mentioning it in, in the Hawkeye series. And I Why think that's would Kingpin gonna... need a giant skyscraper? Because why not? Fair enough. He's Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> he takes up four floors anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> He had, um, he had a giant skyscraper in the Spider-Man game. Yeah. So. And uh, as you mentioned a second ago, Dad, Venom could be in the MCU now. Something was interesting, though. He couldn't be brought in through the botched spell that we see in the trailers, as when he's brought in, he's watching the news broadcast that we see at the end of Far From Home, meaning the timing is off. Is the botched spell a red herring that they've been throwing in this trailer? And is I'm, it really due to Loki or something? I'm still, I am still for Madam Web being introduced in this movie. And I feel like she threw Venom in there to help out Peter because that was a good Venom from the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I just, I just want to see Madam Web <laughs> in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> we, we're making the assumption that the broadcast that Venom sees at the end credit scene of that film, at Venom 2 is the first time that's being announced. You think it's a rerun? It could be weeks later um, and a news... Uh, Due to like the, the trial. The trial and that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. So, that's uh, fair. But yeah. still, I want It is <laughs> kind of ambiguous though. Um, and then we'll quickly... Let's let's run through the other two Spider-Man that we're hoping show up in this One movie. a little bit more than the other. Oh, you hope. Um, There's the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Now, we know he failed to save Gwen at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, I think we've discussed this a few times, but fans are suggesting that when we see MJ falling in the trailer, that he's actually the one who comes to save her, to A, redeem himself, and B, save Tom's Spider-Man, the pain of having to go through something like that. Are y'all fans of that theory? I like the idea. I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to happen, sadly, Mm. but I do like that idea a lot. But I do know he's in this movie. He's in this movie. I don't care what he says. He's in this movie. He's the invisible guy who punches. the soundtrack that I've been listening to says anything, it's a possibility. It's a strong possibility. All right? Yeah. Um, Now, Kurt Connors isn't dead. But he's also not a reptile at the end of Amazing Spider-Man. Exactly. Um, so that's it, it, it's kind of confusing. This has been a thing that's if you notice the characters, they don't make a whole lot of sense as to why they're in here. They're either dead or different than how we see them in mm-hmm. this. Um, now, interestingly, there was actually Kirk Connors in the Rami verse, um, who was friends with Doc Ock, yeah, I remember so that. missing an arm and everything too. Uh, but but he was going to be introduced in Spider-Man Four as a villain, so right. But they never actually got to that point. I don't think anything will happen with that. But it is a little bit interesting, a bit of trivia, and then. We've got Electro again, mm-hmm. but he's dead and also looks very different than how we see him in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, I think we've debunked this a few times, but do you guys think he's a variant or do you think he is, this is the same Electro, just looks different for some reason? You want to answer your first step? Yeah, well, I, I, I am of the opinion that these are variants. I think that the fra- the timeline has been fractured. I think that the moment that, you know, I think the spell messes things up, but there's the moment at the Statue of Liberty with mm-hmm. their, like, making it Captain America or something. For, yeah, they're making, they're giving it a shield, like, um, for Captain America. Which is weird. I hope I want an explanation for that. But anyway. <laughs> Rogers um, the music. When all that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's a man. Um, ad campaign <laughs> right it got disneyfied all right um i think that that moment is actually the moment at the end of loki when everything is going crazy and it's just paralleling ah, um, at this. okay and so i think that we're going to get a lot of variants as a result of it i 
Yeah, that's fair. I I don't think so because of a TV spot we got. Actually, it wasn't a TV spot. It was a little villains featurette that they released a little bit ago. Um, we see a line from Doc Ock against Peter, and he said, "What did you do with my machine?" So that's already going back to Spider Man Two. Well, so, you, the the like sun thing, mm-hmm. uh, and then we see Electro, and he says, "How do you like the new me?" So new me, the that, new me. Mm. So that is already a confirmation that it's different from what he was before. That's a so, fair point. It it is seeming like these people have been brought back to the point where it's just a different version. Maybe some some complications through pulling through universes or so, I don't I don't know. I the, don't the being transported through universes cured his blues. Yeah, cured oh, his blues. That's so uh, bad. All right. <laughs> um, and then we saw Rhino briefly at the end of Amazing Spider-Man Two, but nothing was really done with his character but we've only got five villains in the in the trailers and stuff that we know of. that we know of could he be rounding off the sinister six and if not him then who or do we even get a sinister six in this movie i don't think we get a sinister six in this movie and if so i'm not i don't think it would be him okay rounding it who off. would you i don't know i'm not sure quite yet i i i don't know who would be a good choice maybe somebody new from Holland's universe. Okay. Um, the MCU, maybe a new villain for like there. Scorpion or something. Scorpion or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'd, it makes sense that they would add a sixth character and make the Sinister Six in this one, but maybe they're setting that up for something with Garfield later. I don't know. Hey, come back. That's uh, true. Yeah, um, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, uh, with it, I just, I just, I, I think they've already got, you know, we've already got five bad guys, and let's just go ahead and speculate that we have three good guys plus you have benedict or you have dr strange you have mj yeah, you have true. med you got happy you got jade i mean there's a lot of characters in this yeah. adding another one in there um would be a big twist but i don't <laughs> think, i don't think that throwing in their rhino would be anything that would get anybody excited that's true no yeah. no a lot of people really didn't like his character he was just weird <laughs> yeah that's true and then for toby mcguire's spider-man which we gotta go way back to discuss because he's even older um last time we saw green goblin um he was kind of pinned to the wall with his glider meaning he's dead so how is he showing up in this story? Is mm-hmm. he a variant? Is it the same one? Some people are suggesting that these characters come back a little bit before they die. They're, which they're would make sense, that yeah. Because going to Doc Ock, which I'm sure we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, Doc Ock was last seen, he was in control of his tentacles, and was they were good, I guess, at that point, but he was kind of sinking to the bottom of the river. Now, Molina told Variety that his story picks up from that moment. Because he just cannot keep from spoiling things. <laughs> no. So... If he's good at that point... Could you imagine what a presser would be like if you had Tom Holland and Alfred Molina in the same room with press? Oh, my gosh. It'd be like the whole movie. It'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) And just throw Mark Ruffalo in there because you know why not. He can't... Yeah. uh, Um, But if if Doc Ock is good at this point, right? The mm -hmm. moment that Molina says he's coming back, why is he fighting Spider-Man? I feel like it might be from that moment, but it might just be for a couple minutes before that, because I feel like we know he isn't in control of his tentacles in this movie. It is shown with the red lights on the end of his tentacles indicate that the tentacles are in control. That mm. was from the setup in the Spider-Man 2. Okay. So we know that. And his fact that he says, what have you done with my machine? Well, Doc Ock already knows what happened to his machine. He destroyed it. So Good point. 
um they have no clue now so and that might also be why they can bring in toby and andrew if they if they pull out these villains right before they're dead in those timelines and that would kind of mess things up so they could bring in those spider-man for those points mm. um i just am sitting here thinking about the fact that we've got basically all the villains from the andrew garfield uh spider-man right except and- for the really bad Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> except for who the really bad green goblin that's true um and we've got basically all the bad guys from the first two of the raimi spider verse but we don't have anybody from from th- oh we do we have do, some we have sandman, sandman. yeah okay. and that's that's where i'm missing another okay. problem with that though is at the end um sandman and, and toby's spidey make amends right he mm-hmm. he says I, I actually killed your uncle or whatever and he's forgiven and then he floats away <laughs> but he's good at that point which also begs the question as to why he's fighting spider-man if he's good at this point yeah i think there's lots of questions that need to be answered yeah, yeah. a lot of they they've got a lot of explaining that they keep villains. saying in tv spots and in interviews that they'll all be answered but that's a lot of questions yeah, there's a lot of questions <laughs> Can't wait to see. Black Chloe's out with him put on this movie. <laughs> Couple days away, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man: No Way Home releases December seventeenth. Sixteenth for us. Sixteenth. Well, you know, the early. It's the seventeenth is the big release. Yeah, it's sixteenth. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's shaping up to be one of the biggest films of the year, and possibly one of the biggest in the history of I think the MCU. So, yeah. um, you're not going to want to miss this, so get your tickets if you can manage to find any. $25,000 on eBay, baby. <laughs> there we go. Well, you know, it's not easy doing a movie moments two days after you did a movie moments. Right? <laughs> Good um, point. Uh, before, but we, uh, we've got, I don't know, there's a movie coming out called Spider-Man No Way Home. Maybe, <laughs> I think there's another one that's coming out, which we'll talk about that. Why would you release it anyway? Um, on the same weekend as that, uh, we do have, we don't really have anything trailer related uh, this week. There's nothing. Um, with that, and then um, instead of box office uh, numbers, we're going to get box office predictions ah. uh, for this weekend. That's all up next on Movie Moments. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. So, new releases this week, I guess, um, is Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow, we should talk about that. Yeah, we should. For the first time in the cinematic history of Spider-Man, our friendly neighborhood hero is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from the highest stakes of being a superhero. When he asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. It took you 20 minutes to talk about this show. It took him 45 seconds. Sorry, I can cut down I'm my just, segment. I'm just no, kidding. Kidding. I'm just the director is John Watts, like the previous two movies. The cast is Tom Holland, Zendaya, and Benedict Cumberbatch. And a bunch of other people. And a bunch of, a bunch of other people. But they people. aren't going to announce until e- actually it's out there. <laughs> and then they're still going to deny that they're even in the movie. Uh, the studio is Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios. I guess, yeah. And <laughs> rated PG-13 for sequences of action, violence, some language, and brief suggestive comments. So it's December 18th. Yes. The movie has been out in theaters for a full 24 hours after the official release yeah. date. Mm-hmm. Is Andrew Garfield still denying he's in this movie? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Every interview. He's going to take it to his grave. <laughs> he's just he's going to be on the red carpet Monday night and he's going to be like, I don't even know why. I, they I just don't invited even know. me. I, I, I don't I know. I just saw a red carpet and started walking exactly. on it. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> so, all right. The next movie is one that I'm not sure why they decided to release it on Spider-Man weekend, but hey. Bad marketing. Bad marketing. They right. don't have any faith in this movie. It is Nightmare Alley when charismatic but down on his luck. Stanton Carlisle. That's called Carlisle. Nathan. Carlisle. That's Carlisle. All right. Wait, really? And dears himself yeah. to clairvoyant Zena <laughs> and her husband, mentalist husband Pete, 
at a traveling carnival. He crafts a golden ticket to success using his this newly acquired knowledge to grift the wealthy elite of 1940s New York society. With the virtuous Molly loyally by his side, Stan plots to con a dangerous tycoon with the aid of a mysterious psychiatrist who might be his most formidable opponent yet. What? Yeah. Honestly, it kind of sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the director is Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. I said that right? Yeah, yeah you did. Uh, the cast is Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, and Tony Collette. Tony Collette was in uh, Knives Out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is from Searchlight. Kate Blanchett is in The Lord of the Rings. Well, okay. Collateral. <laughs> ah. It is from Searchlight Pictures. Bradley Cooper was in, uh, is in Marvel. Yeah, he yeah. Is, he's Rocket. Yeah. yeah. It is from Searchlight Pictures. It is rated R for strong, bloody violence, some sexual content, nudity, and language. Well, no, we're checking that interested. one off the list now. <laughs> All right. We won't be going to that one. There were not really any trailers. Because we haven't had any time for them. Exactly. So. I mean, there was a bit of a mention of Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania. Um, it's going straight to Amazon Prime, so they don't have faith in the movie. <laughs> That's basically this, the like the new equivalent they're of like, straight to DVD. Yeah, they're just like... Adam Sandler's not the title on it anymore. We're just going to go straight to Amazon. What's going to happen to that $5 bin at Walmart now? Yeah. Because they don't even make the DVDs It's going to become an antique retro kind of thing. Like, you'll find the retro DVDs. 30 there. years from now, people will be, like, spending, like, $900. Like American on, Pickers will find those. DVD players. Yeah. Um, it'll be like the record players now, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, we don't have box office numbers, but we do have some box office predictions. A West Side Story, where, I guess, we're predicting 14 to 22 I'm not predicting million. that's what other people are other people are predicting that's such a wide range yeah. and Nightmare Alley is going off with a strong 3 to 7 million ouch <laughs> well when you're going up against Spider-Man <laughs> which has had the second highest pre-sale of all time behind Endgame so really yeah wow um, you're having a bit of difficulties there anyway yeah. alright uh, let's talk about Star Wars stuff. Uh, Star yeah. Wars social media erupted. Um, I have yesterday on here. That wasn't yesterday. It this was is like a week ago. Yeah, for people listening yeah. to this show right now. When a panel yesterday for us currently exactly when a panel from the or uh, yeah anyway. <laughs> It's got to be your bowl. Um, when, a, <laughs> when a panel from the latest comic book reintroduced a classic Legends character into Star Wars canon, Prince uh, Shizor uh, might end up uh, being uh, just a side story in the comics. Uh, but then there is a lot going on that suggests he could become actually a major character in live action. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Rebellions are built on hope. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. Shizor. It looks like Zizor. Thing. It's Prince Shizor. It's spelt X I Z O R. Um, let's give you some context. He's actually from the Legends continuity now. Um, prince Shizor was a Falin prince of House Sizran and the legend of the of the leader of the powerful criminal organization Black Sun during the Galactic Civil War. Uh, Shizor was a ruthless a competitor and charismatic public figure in high society with his headquarters in the city planet Coruscant. And he was close uh, to the Imperial Palace, but less splendid. And uh, he had his own little palace there, his home outside of Falin, which is 
his home planet. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, since he's that. a falling. Exactly. Falling, uh, following, not falling, <laughs> following the Battle of Hoth, Shizor was considered one of the most influential beings in the galaxy on a par with Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader due Darn. to his exceptional wealth and influence through his criminal activities. And thank you, Wikipedia, for that description. I just read it straight from there. So anyway, Sam, uh, for our amazing listeners whose knowledge of the black sun might be a little muddled, uh, between legends and canon, help them out and, uh, explain why it matters in the era of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, the, the black sun was a criminal criminal syndicate that came into prominence during the clone wars as the Jedi order focused more on military affairs and less on law enforcement. They weren't being peacekeepers as much of the time. So the black sun was allied with the Shadow Collective and its leader, the renegade Sith Lord Maul. Um, the Syndicate maintained bases on Mustafar and Ord Mantel and had many of the Falling species as members. And so this is the official canon uh, uh, position on Black Sun. Right. At this point, this is what's in canon. Okay. So it's important for us to understand that. What do you think about uh, the Black Sun and everything coming into this? Well, I mean, if, if the Black Sun does come in all this, it would make sense because we're getting a little bit more Darth Maul. We're hoping to get some more Darth Maul with the series sometime. Um, but it would be really cool to see this Legends character, I love how they're pulling Legends characters in and not Legends stories because it allows them to take these characters that are loved. Obviously, a lot of people are excited about this and make their stories a bit different and fit into the canon of now. So, yeah, I'm very excited. What about the idea of Black Sun? Because Black Sun is a canon organization where we see them in Clone Wars Season Mm 7 a lot um, with this. We have this Shadow Collective. They're also tied, you know, as part of the Shadow Collective, it seems to be. Um, that something happens um, to the Shadow Collective and that becomes Crimson Dawn. Right. Which is led by Maul. But but maybe, you know, maybe the Black Sun breaks off at some point on mm-hmm. that. What do you think about bringing in some of that stuff from Clone Wars and those crime syndicates and all of that into stuff like the comic books and potentially even Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett? Well, I think it would work really well in Book of Boba Fett since we've already predicted that the criminal syndicates are going to be a big part of that. You know, you're, we're hoping to see Maul maybe make an appearance. But I really do think like that... Like in a flashback or something yeah, like that? Yeah, flashback or something. Um, the crime syndicates have been a big part of comics, especially the the canon Marvel comics for years, along with a lot of Darth Maul stuff, a lot of the main Star Wars line and everything. So I feel like just bringing in the Black Sun a little bit more is going to help solidify the the crime syndicates into this this world, this galaxy, since there's been a lot of, you know, Jedis and Sith throughout the whole time of right. the canon. So, you know, it's, we, we know the Black Sun is canon. And up until this point, we haven't had any mention of Prince Cizor, uh, Shizor um, in it. But yeah. but that changed uh, in this comic book that came out just recently in uh, in this um scenario it's kind of been building towards it over uh, some of the recent comic book stuff mm. uh, the war of the bounty hunters which is just completed um is this collection of bounty hunters that are sparring over a bounty like no other it's the carbonite slab containing han solo uh, they're going after that so you've got kira going after it uh crimson dawn going after it boba fett going after it which means he lost it because last time we see it in the empires <laughs> so this is actually honestly reading this stuff and studying for the segment planning for the segment makes me want to go ahead and get the war of the bounty hunters uh, stuff um dr afra is involved even princess leia herself is involved in clashing over the gunslinger's tomb um it really was a massive moment for star wars comics in this series um and 
you know, one that we never really expected uh, to impact live action. But then this panel of a comic showed an unusually familiar uh, falling type creature in it. And then when this panel was first seen in the War of the Bounty Hunters, a lot of fans speculated that it could actually be uh, Prince Shizor. Um, mm. But no one was confirmed on that. And then this episode, this issue episode, this issue <laughs> of Star Wars Crimson Reign number one came out and it actually reintroduces uh, Prince Shizor into Star Wars canon when Kira, at this point the head of Crimson Dawn, suggests to a falling underling um, in this that Prince Shizor could take advantage of the galactic chaos to grow uh, the Black Sun. All right, so let's uh, BB Nate stop and, and think about what I just read here. All right, okay. So you have Kira, yes. You have Boba Fett, mm-hmm. you have Doctor Afra, mm-hmm. you have Leia, and they all have a history with each other. And we've already suggested, like you mentioned earlier, a, a, a theory that Kira and Crimson Dawn could actually be heavily involved in Book of Boba Fett. Maybe even I think that they're going to be the villains okay. of, of the Book of Boba Fett. So all that previous history mm-hmm. that we're seeing in the comics and stuff might come into play here. And then now we've got Prince Shizor, who is the leader of Black Sun, mm-hmm. reemerging into canon. Does this feel like they're setting up something really big for Mando and Boba Fett? I feel like they are setting up a lot of big things, but I don't know if they're setting it up in the way that we're thinking from the comics, because a lot of people don't have the time, the uh, outlet, or just the the will or wanting of to read the comics. So introducing these big characters into that might be a risk of that. But I also feel like it would work because, you know, we've already seen Kira in Solo. We've already seen Boba Fett. We've already seen all of these characters. So bringing them back in and then having these stories be just backstory of that without having to tie heavily into the book of Boba Fett and everything, I feel like it would uh, work very well. So... Yeah, I. It, it's always difficult when you introduce something into a comic or a book first, and then try and bring it into um, the main story. In that, people don't always read the comics or the books. Um, so, unless they do a good bit of exposition to explain who this character is and why they're important, people are going to be kind of lost. Now, what I like to see this character brought in and you know with the uh implications that brings with it with all the other connections with main characters absolutely i think that would be great but it's i'm curious to see how they're going to play that i don't i don't think they put this character into the comics to bring it into the live action necessarily they may play off of that later on but i don't think that was the initial goal so you don't think bringing him into the comics was in order to bring him into live action? I think maybe eventually down the line they might use that as like a he's already um it, he's already established in Canada at this point, so now we can bring him yeah. in. But I don't think it was specifically so they could bring him in. Okay, I will agree with you that I don't think they brought him into this comic. They bring this mention in in order uh, and then set him up for for live action. I think that they already knew they were going to be bringing him into live action. So they're retroactively putting him into comics. Those are getting ready to come out. And your argument is an argument that lots of people have made about a lot of these characters. They've made the same argument about how do you take Ahsoka from uh, animation and put her into live action? Because a lot of people don't watch the animated stuff, Mm -hmm. but 
all of that falls apart with Thrawn because Thrawn was a legends character that was well-established, had a huge backstory and a big following that all of a sudden they just threw into the animated series and made that character. And then they threw in books and things like that. So they're doing the same. I think they're doing the same thing with uh, Prince Shisor in this and they're trying to tie it all together. He could be a big bad guy, not of, I still think that Kira and Crimson Dawn uh, are the, the villains of, of the book of, of Boba Fett. But I think that they're setting up something much bigger that involves characters like Prince Shizor, Black Sun, and all of this for the Mandalorian. And so they can introduce some of that uh, into this. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about Bo- Book of Boba Fett um, already, but let's, um, let's bridge into this and talk about how this could kind of impact the future on this, because you didn't see it yet, Sam, and it wouldn't <laughs> have meant anything to you had you seen it, because you aren't an, a Legends guy. Right. If you, and you guys have never played Shadows of the Empire, the no. video game, okay, mm-hmm, which yeah. is where a lot of, of this character story is, is, is is, it was a comic series um, and it was the game and all of this kind of stuff. Um, That's a big part of it in the book of Boba Fett trailer. There is a, a ship that's coming that enters into the screen. And most people that are legends fans are all pretty much jumping into this agreement that it is the outrider, which um, if that is what is seen in this 60 second spot for the book of Boba Fett, then this ties into Prince Shizor and the Black Sun. So Sam, uh, explain the importance of this ship. Well, I mean, let me just do this. I mean, well, let me walk through this. Explain the okay. importance of the ship and its owner uh, in the Legends universe. The owner of this ship is Dash Rendar. Um, he's the owner of a YT twenty four hundred freighter, mm-hmm. um, and he's in the Legends world. He's this um, rugged, swashbuckling smuggler. A lot of people uh, kind of parallel him to Han uh, Solo. The in ship it. looks similar, to and it's a very similar ship. Yeah, it was yeah. patterned after it. Is yeah. what they were doing, uh, but he becomes an ally of the Rebel Alliance. He joins Luke and Leia on a mission to free Han Solo from Jabba Hutt's palace. So uh, we're tying into mm-hmm. stories that there we we're go. getting in the book of Bounty Hunter, uh, the, 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 uh, War of the, Bounty the War of the Bounty Hunters, right? His chief enemy in the Shadows of the Empire game is Prince Shizor, who is plotting to kill and replace Darth Vader as the Emperor's right hand. Um, and then there's a whole lot more to the story that we don't have time to get into. But what you also need to know is that he ends up flying as one of the pilots in Rogue Squadron. Hmm. Um, with it. Hmm. What are your thoughts on Legends Dash Rendar and Outrider and Prince Caesar now that you've heard this? With all of that combined, it it would make sense to bring in this character um, and to bring in Shizor as a villain for this character. I feel like if you make the focus on bringing in this Dash Rendar character, then Shizor makes more sense. Yeah. I would like to see this character in in the story. It would be an easy way to have a Han Solo-esque character in this time period without it being Han Solo. Um, Because, you know, well, we all agree that Alden Ehrenreich did phenomenal as Han. Not not everybody's a fan of it. So maybe having some sort of alternate works. But even the character itself sounds interesting. And with Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron coming out, they can bring this character in, and that could be the main... 
character or or something to that effect. But yeah, I, I like the idea overall. But he's in, he's now canon. Dash yeah. Rendar is canon. Yeah, Dash oh. Rendar has already been canonized in Jason Fry's solo companion book, solo Star Wars story, Tales from Vandor. According to the journal, during his travels, Dash encountered Chewbacca and Han Solo. He claimed to be better than Solo. <laughs> Rendar later claimed that it was Chewbacca who was the real brains behind their operation. Rendar also marked a map of the Kessel Run that was included in the journal. He piloted a white T-2400 light freighter and worked for the Alliance to restore the Republic. So he's got history here I didn't in know that. canon okay. um, with this. So I feel like we're getting him uh, back into this. I think that we're yeah. getting the Outrider, which means we're getting Dash Rendar. If you're bringing them into um, the book of Boba Fett, then you have you can't have Dash Rendar without, really without Prince uh, yeah. Shizor. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, with hmm. that, do you? So now, after all of the backstory and all the legend stuff, what are your thoughts? Is Prince Shizor coming into the man? I, I'm going to associate the Mandalverse here. You've got uh, the Ahsoka series, you've got uh, Mandalorian, you've got Book, Book of, of Boba, Boba Fett, Fett, all of that together. I think you could have potentially had Rangers of the New Republic as part of this, um, and he could have been one of the Rangers, yeah. the main characters in that. All of this together, do you think that 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 that's what's going on? That Prince Shizor is coming? Yeah, I think that's a good. Um overarching villain that they can use yeah. it's it's it, this character would already have an established force through the black sun uh, so it's an over overarching threat that's all throughout the galaxy but it's not like something as big as the empire um and it, it yeah it would be a good villain for this universe without it being the empire mm-hmm. yeah i mean i feel like yeah like same said it would be a great overarching villain since he rivals the influence of palpatine invader i feel like he would be a great new villain for this era for the the disney plus shows that are taking place during this time i feel like it would especially work for ahsoka i think it would work great for mandalorian season three since we have no idea what's going to happen in that season. And I feel like he might be wanting to claim Mandalore for his own. So that could be a, a part of it too. Yeah. I'm not worried about him going to Mandalore, but I do think that they, in this timeline, in the Canon timeline, um, we have maybe Prince Shizor going up against Thrawn in order to have control of the empire in the first order. Um, with mm, this, um, I don't know. It definitely feels like a lot of these storylines, these characters from Shadows of the Empire, are finding their way into um, the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, like we mentioned. So, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see if these theories and, and speculation hold up, or if you know our head canon once again <laughs> leads us to the dark side. So, all right, um, I guess that's it for that. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Yeah, the Marvel's logo was revealed by Brie Larson, actually. Yeah. She- it's kind of cool. It's got like a mix between Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and um, Spectrum. Monica Rambeau's character, Spectrum. Um, so it's kind Their of... Their logos or yeah, something. Yeah, all of them whatever. like mixed together. It's kind of a cool look. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. And Henry Cavill says he still has his Superman suit and is ready to put it on if asked. Does now, he actually just- have the suit? Yeah, he has it in his closet. That's awesome. He actually has the suit. Well, then he wore it to like his nephew's school or something. Yeah. One time, like mm-hmm. that's uh, like uh, in like in like a Shazam, Shazam. That's uh, awesome. story with it. Um, the acolyte has found its star in uh, Amanda Stenberg. Mm. Uh, she was in some of the Hunger Games movies and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I might recognize her. Yeah, you, I think you would. 
Um, that'll, that's going to pretty much do it. Um, cool stuff. Friday release uh, this week is Dion Wilson, and he's going to be talking about uh, independent comic book publishing and Web 3.0 and how it's leveling wow. the playing field. Um, thank you, Cufflinks.com, uh, not just for being amazing sponsors, um, but also for the gifts. Um, we are excited to have some Spider-Man stuff yeah. um, with it. And thank you uh, for listening to Tatooine Sons, a pop culture podcast. If you had a good time listening, It'd be awesome if you could share this with your friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember, the show is only a small part of the Tatooine Sons world. So if you like us that much and you want to get even more, follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook discussion group. And follow us on Twitter to get in on all the actions. Keep up to date with everything we've got going on at TatooineSons.com. That's right. Don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any episode coming out. Remember that if you drop us a review at uh, on Apple or any of them, PodChaser.com slash TatooineSons, uh, you give us a review. We're going to make a donation in your honor to one child to help a child living in extreme poverty. How easy would that be to do at the end of this year um, as a something, you know, kind of like a giving thing that you don't have to do anything but but Give some kind words and we'll make a donation uh, in your honor. Please Pretty do easy. that. Um, again, thanks thanks for listening. Anything else you guys want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you always. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please. Yep, yep.